Hello everyone, this is Tony Kramer, product specialist with RDO Equipment Company, and you are listening to the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Every day there are phenomenal advancements being made in the field of agriculture technology. RDO Equipment Company is a leader in agriculture equipment and precision agriculture technology and is here with industry experts bringing the latest news and information from RDO and John Deere. Thanks for joining us on the Agriculture Technology Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 47, and today we are going to be talking about the John Deere Field Connect system. Before we get started, make sure to follow RDO Equipment Company on Facebook and Twitter and catch up on our latest videos packed full of information on YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. Now, whether you've been a regular listener of the podcast or you've only listened to a couple of episodes, we'd love to hear your feedback. Consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes. You can also leave a review on your iPhone or iPad if you use Apple's podcasting app. We take your feedback seriously, so not only will it allow us to continue improving the podcast, but it will also help future listeners find this content as you rate us. So go out there and give us a review. We've got another great show for you today, and I'm really excited to welcome Chip Lemke, who is a product specialist with RDO Equipment Company. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Chip. To get started, I'd really like to learn a little bit more about you and your background and how you got involved in this industry. Oh, well, thanks, Tony. Well, all in all, I uh, was sponsored by RDO back in 2002 over here in Pasco, Washington, sponsored for the Walla Walla Community College, the John Deere program. And then, uh, so after 2003, I started full-time. And so really, I've been uh, been with RDO about 13, 14 years now. Yep, been here ever since. That's great to hear. It's always fun to uh, get a little background on people, and especially guys like you that got sponsored by the company and you're still with the company today. It's really neat to hear those stories. So bringing you on the show today, Chip, I know you got a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge on that John Deere Field Connect system. Let's start out just by telling our listeners, what is John Deere Field Connect? Well, originally, uh, the John Deere Field Connect just started out as just moisture monitoring. So it was just a a probe out in the field that had had sensors at various levels, 4, 8, 12, and 20, and 40, and 60. 60 inch, but um, they've they've kind of stepped up a notch and got a bunch of environmental sensors involved with it too. But it's just a great way to remotely monitor the moisture and the and the environmental sensors from the seat of your couch or at your desk. I don't gotta physically go out and and check it, even though a lot of people still do. But yeah, it's just kind of another set of eyes in the field for you. Basically, what you're saying then, Chip, is this Field Connect system is a soil moisture monitoring system along with a weather station that is mobile that can be put anywhere in any field. Is that correct? Yep. Pretty much anywhere and everywhere. They call out cell, and if they can't get out in three calls, then they switch over to satellite. So that way you can put them down in the canyon or you know, pretty much wherever you want to, in the mountains, who you name it, for your hay fields, whatever. And the, the probes, they come in three different lengths as of right now, half meter, uh, one meter, and meter and a half. So 
you can go clear down to 60 inches in a meter and a half, or if you got like onions or something that the the root zone isn't that deep, you can uh, just do the half meter and not dig as deep of a hole. But yeah, so I mean, you, you have the the probe for your soil moisture, but then you get the option to tack on a bunch of environmental sensors on top of that to put on the website for you, such as leaf wetness, which they really made that kind of for the potato growers and lettuce guys and stuff like that to keep uh, mildew down and uh, you know just to watch your leaf wetness. And then they have temperature sensors, some in-ground, some just above-ground uh, doing ambient air temperature. And then they also have the AirMar sensor, which is like the weather station, where it can tell you your wind speed, wind direction, wind temp, wind humidity, got a rain gauge, so just a little tipping rain bucket, and it senses down to a hundred hundredths of an inch. I actually got people calibrating their pivot off of that because, you know, sometimes the pivots aren't exactly right, and the guys will do that down here with that. And they also just came out with a pressure sensor, so you can tap that into your pivot, and it'll take a pressure reading every 30 minutes and put that on the website for you, so you can see what your pressures were at that at that time of day. So that's really about it for now for the environmental sensors, but uh, I'm sure they're working on more. I've heard of some nutrient sensors that they're going to be working on and and got us excited for. With all those different environmental sensors along with that soil moisture probe, it really sounds like this entire system is pretty much everything you would ever need for any type of weather data or weather information out in your fields. So I know that you were explaining all of these different environmental sensors, a lot of different pieces. You bring up the fact of digging holes for these soil moisture probes. Why don't you tell me a little bit about how this entire system is installed? Well, it all really comes down to the soil profile you got which up here in the Northwest, we got a pretty broad band of different soil profiles from oh, coarse sand to heavy loam. And so in the, in the sandier areas, <clears throat> pretty much 65 or 70% sand and up, you've you got to do a dry install, which is you're using a smaller bit drill bit to dig the hole about quarter inch to three-eighths of an inch smaller than the probe. That way you're shaving the sides of the hole down so you actually have to over dig it because the, the, the sand from the sides of that hole are actually collecting at the bottom of the hole. So that way it's kind of a mathematical game. You're trying to figure out how much sand am I actually going to collect at the bottom of the hole by the time you're done. But very easy install. Um, if it doesn't go in, the probes are very robust. You can tap on them with a, preferably a rubber hammer or something, or I've even just used the drill bit itself and just tap gently, and it's sand. It'll go in, and that, that way you get that good airtight gap in the or seal on that probe. Any type of gap in that install, you can really see it in your data, in your graph, because the water likes to just collect in that air void. But... And then for the loamier soil profiles, we, we we call it a wet install, which is pretty much making a milkshake in a five-gallon bucket with the, with the dirt you uh, remove out of the hole. And you just add water to it till you get a 
about a good milkshake uh, consistency and pour it in the hole and and put the probe in the ground and you always got to watch for it to make sure you you put too much in that way you know there's no air pockets in there again because you're digging a a good size hole compared to that probe and th- those seem to be uh the two installs we always do and it uh it works out good and just make sure and have the probe cable on first otherwise you'll get that that connector full of mud but you do it once you'll never do it again sounds like it's uh quite an experience installing either that dry install or that wet install and I know the little bit about these systems, the little bit of knowledge that I have, yes, those holes are being drilled by hand. It is not a power tool. so it. Uh, and, and really, Tony, the, the, the main reason for that is so you can actually see what the profile is like as you're digging it. Because I've, I've run into hard pans to cleachy areas in the soil profile, and you'll see it in the graph big time where you... 30 inches down and all of a sudden you'll come to a, a cleachy spot in the, in the, in the profile and you'll break through it and you'll keep on going and do your, do your install. And then you'll, you'll wonder why your, your 40 inch sensor isn't getting any moisture. Well, it can't get through that cleachy area. And it's very neat to see it on the graph. Plus when you do the install, I always go in and make notes you know, on the website. You can put notes in on, on anything on the, on the probe, on the management zone, on irrigation, was it sunny, rainy, snowy, I mean, freezing. You got all sorts of different notes you can put in there to help you keep the the madness going on on the graph of why is it like this. And especially when you get the wet, wet, with the weather station involved, then it's really neat. You can see, okay, why is my, my solar radiation shooting so high, but I had so much moisture well you can oh i had an irrigation event that day plus it was 95 degrees and sunny you know you, you can kind of put it all together and it makes more sense that way those are all very good points that you bring up chip and it kind of leads me into my next question you talk about all the notes and everything that you can add to these graphs and charts where does all this data go where is it being collected and how can growers view it <laughs> Well, it's really all just getting uh, stored on, on the servers at, at John Deere in the cloud. And what's nice about the data is, is when you archive your management zone from this year, you can go back to it three years from now and see your irrigation. Um, you know, how was your irrigation scheduled then? You know, what, what was my frequency of, of irrigating and how much, especially when you got a a tipping rain bucket or a weather station involved in there too, you can actually get down to the hour of how how long were your laps that you put on your, your pivot, let's just say. So that way, if you had a stellar year three years ago, you can go back and reproduce that exact same irrigation event schedule and hopefully have the same outcome if you had you know good yields. But on the second hand, if you didn't, you can you could try something different, and then you actually have notes in stone that you can always go back to. All of the data, like you said, it's being stored on a server, on a, on a cloud that some people refer it to. You said that they go online onto a Field Connect website. That's where they can view that data. The next thing on the list would then be 
How do they interpret that data? How are growers, as well as you as a product specialist, how, what are we doing with that data today? Well, for, for one, yeah, I mean, the, the, to get into the Field Connect website is pretty much the same route you got to go to for your GD parts, for your GD link, your operations center. It's all on the, the My John Deere website. There's all sorts of GDU trainings that customers can take. Of course, I've done my fair share of them for the, for the data interpretation. And, you know, just getting your hands dirty out in the field and, and seeing, the, seeing the install, seeing, okay, I know irrigation event just went around at 3 a.m. this morning, going back and checking out your graphs, looking at them, making notes, that kind of stuff. But really, I mean, JDU has a whole bunch of a whole bunch of online training you can do, and or you know just come come talk to your you know RDO dealer and precision product guy, and they'll they'll be able to explain it to you pretty good too. You guys have been running those Field Connect systems quite a bit out there in the Northwest, Washington, Oregon, Montana, out that way. Do you have any sort of a success story that you would like to share with us, Chip? Uh, multiple of them, but one the one that stands out the, the most would have to be a, a friend of mine down in California, actually. They're having the drought years, and he he actually had the field connect in his citrus. Anyway, he known he, he wasn't going to get any fruit off the tree this year, but he wanted to keep them alive. And he was running uh, 1.5 meter probes, the big ones. And so he was actually able to keep keep the tree, we call it stepping, which is using water, but still staying healthy. And was, was able to save his trees where, he, so pretty much he was, the only, he was the one out of three guys in the whole valley to actually save his citrus trees. Everybody else lost them and either had to pull out and replant or just gave up. And uh, I thought, I think that's a pretty big success story when you don't got to spend the the, the big bucks to, to actually go in and replant. And you're out, he, the next year came along and he had more water and was actually able to get some fruit off and where a lot of his, I say competitors, but his fellow farmers around him were pretty much starting from scratch. And that, that to me, was a big success story. And he's he's been using the Field Connect since it came out and loves it. And he has five or six of them on his, on his citrus farm. That's really cool to hear a success story like that. Generally, when we think of John Deere and maybe a Field Connect system like this, we're thinking row crops. Uh, out by you guys, you have the potatoes and onions and carrots. And here in the Midwest, we have the uh, corn, soybeans, wheat, sugar beets, stuff like that. So to hear a success story come out of a citrus farm with trees and that grower utilizing the Field Connect system is really neat. Where can our listeners go, Chip, to learn more about this John Deere Field Connect system? Well, of course, RDO equipment, of course. But you can talk to one of us product specialists. You can go to John Deere's website and learn more about it. YouTube has a whole bunch of stuff on it. Um, But, yeah, now it's a very awesome system. I've been working with it for about four, four years now. I've messed with pretty much everything that the Field Connect has had to offer um, besides the pressure sensor. I haven't got to, to play with that yet, but as in all the other environmental sensors, they've been very, very good and trustworthy, and, and a lot of my customers love them. 
Yeah, there's definitely a lot of information, a lot of data that can be gathered off of these Field Connect systems. There's lots of resources out there, like Chip said. Stop in, RDO Equipment Company, talk to one of the local product specialists, John Deere's website, YouTube, you name it. There's a bunch of information out there. So I would just like to thank you, Chip, for sitting down with me this afternoon and recording this podcast and teaching us a little bit more about the John Deere Field Connect and what it has to offer. Yeah, you bet, Tony. Yeah, thank you. And and guys, don't forget about the app that's out there too. That's another cool thing about the Field Connect is you can you can sit down at your computer and look at your good your your data on a full screen or you can log into it on your app and see it in in a quick glance. That way you can relax on the couch with the with the family. I use the app every night when I get home after dinner, just thumb through my 45, 50 some odd sites and just a quick glance look and you're, and you're pretty much done. You betcha, Tony. Thank you for everything. This podcast was produced and edited by Nate Dorsey. Visit rdoequipment.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes and catch up on any that you've missed. You can also listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Android devices so that you'll never miss out on the latest news and technology from RDO Equipment and John Deere. If you really like this podcast, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or any of the other social media platforms that you are using. You can also connect with me on Twitter at RDO Tony K. That's at R-D-O-T-O-N-Y-K where you can tweet me questions, episode feedback, or ideas for future topics to cover. Please join us next time on the Agriculture Technology Podcast.